Hello and welcome to Beyond Top 10 Tennis. My name is Dr. Ashley Morgan-Burge and I'm your host. I'm the author of 11 books, a CEO of 12 years, the founder of a startup set on data privacy, most importantly an elite performance coach of over 18 years, having worked with athletes throughout Europe, the United States to Australia. Most excitingly, I am the world's leading scientist on coach and athlete performance specifically behind how to develop a top 10 tennis ranking. My work includes everything from mitigating injuries to conditioning behaviors that set a player up long-term for the long game towards a top 10 tennis ranking. I am behind theories from the optimal performance theory, optimal behavior for optimal performance, the barrier breaker, the rule of transference to the golden rule. As has become custom, each episode we dive into one of my books to share additional insights and dig a little bit deeper. We've been focusing on the secrets to optimal coaching success, the role of experience, optimal performance practices and outcomes in the real world. With over 50 episodes to date, today's episode marks number 60. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Today's topic plays its own role, like so many other episodes, in developing the player, parent, to coach for that road ahead towards a top 10 tennis ranking. So, as always, buckle in and enjoy the ride. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I'm sure you could tell um, with that intro that I have been a little bit tongue-tied and I was a bit tongue-tied sharing we've reached 60 episodes now, which is so incredibly exciting and we would not have gotten this far without you. So for those of you who have been with us for some time now, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Those of you who are just new or this might be your first episode, thank you so much. I really would encourage you to backtrack and listen to especially a handful of our previous episodes to really get a feel for um, where we're at and recall uh, our initial book that really comprised of those first 50 episodes to date was the secrets to optimal performance success. And we're really, I think, in the first half of the secrets to optimal coaching success, which is really exciting because we now have such an extensive body of work we can pull on and draw from uh, because remember as well that most of our episodes if not all have a blog post that come with it where I share those additional details now if you didn't know this before that's okay but I always leave links in the episode notes I always try to promise that and deliver but I think what's so exciting about today's episode is that even though we do record um, a little bit in advance, one, two weeks in advance, in advance, and now I do confess that it has somewhat changed because over the last couple of weeks, I have been under the pump um, delivering on my promise to make sure how to develop a top 10 tennis ranking is out before Christmas. Those of you who are new, obviously that is the brand new title to my 12th book and I'm so excited for it to be released, for it to be shared and to hear your thoughts because it packs a punch and I'm going to use today's episode to share even more insights. So I'm getting a bit ahead of myself here. We're looking at this episode will come out mid-December which means if not already the book is here. <laughs> it is either on its way in one to two days or it is already here. Uh, my promise is uh, I've held true to it and depending on what day you're listening this on you will be able to order in time for Christmas given that it will be available at the very latest a week before Christmas and um, we are cutting it fine but the good news is that this week um, it's coming out and 
important keeping in mind that the time difference we're just fine-tuning a couple of things behind the scenes now to make sure it is there and we are looking at drumroll please um, the release date is set to be around the 12th of December. Now, I am pretty sure today's episode, going off our previous ones, it's going to fall on this date. And I think if it does, that's amazing. But I, I promise you I have not timed it. I have, I'm not even looking at my calendar. This is just a ballpark uh, guesstimate in this respect. But also I, I think I do have a bit of adrenaline going on in the background given that I am a wee bit excited about it coming to life. And on that I think it's so important to share some really I think powerful insights um, again if you are new I really would encourage you to catch up on our previous um, handful of episodes where I've started to share new insights on this release which is I'm going to sh- just refocus I think the episode around that today but also our core topic um, around self-confidence but more so is because this is something that has been working in conjunction with beyond top 10 tennis uh, which is very exciting that i've been able to share i think just these key facets with you along the way and trust me it has been no easy task recall 20 years um, from its initial inception 11 years of data capturing eight years in development to build this 12th release which this will be my 12th book published in eight years and it is time to come up for air (laughs) it has been an absolutely extensive period of time but I really do dig deeper into this book I think for the very first time I share the story I share the story behind it how to develop a top 10 tennis ranking is it's about the data but it's also about the story it has been a bit quite complex to I think build in this respect to, to weave in and out a story and the data because I can appreciate maybe you don't want to see the data however when it comes to something as powerful as developing a top 10 tennis ranking the data is an absolute now I say that because believe it or not I cannot tell you how many people I have encountered over the years who have had the audacity to say to me that's not true and it is incredibly dumbfounding because here I am saying well it's not my opinion this is the data this is the science this is the rigor that comes out of more than 150,000 plus inferences and if you want to disagree with that I there's a saying that said you can't argue with stupid and I mean that in the best possible way I mean if I'm offending anyone out there I'm sorry however (laughs) I'm sorry not sorry because the data's there in the best possible way so I'd love to hear your thoughts on that that is how powerful it is but also I think how passionate I am because um, you would not spend such a substantial part of your life if you did not know I think the underlying scientific truth behind that and I think this is where misinformation gets shared and or spread when the data is not there because any of my players or athletes I work with and if there's something new um, or just anyone else is like well that's wonderful where's the data show me just so I know it's not someone's opinion and, and this is I think almost like falling down a rabbit hole discussion so I want to deviate away from that but it's sharing in the best possible way that this data is incredible however no one um, in our sports history has been able to uncover this so in order to present it it obviously needed to be paired with the data because there are so many books out there of um, people's opinions on different players athletes but their opinions they are incredibly subjective and so they are not backed by science so this is saying this is backed by science and this is actually how you implement it so the very first time this book is sharing 
how you can implement um, the eight keys. So recall as well in previous episodes where I've shared the subtitle there, which is the power of the eight key, which is incredibly exciting because uh, my last, I'll say scientific, my last non-fiction release was the seven keys to optimize your life, but it used tennis as the blueprint to develop that top 10 status. And it shared with you how to build inadvertently that top 10 tennis player. This one, however, with the eighth key, the power of the eighth key, it shares for the very first time how. How explicitly can you develop a top 10 tennis ranking? Not just the player, a ranking. So it is coach and player. It is not one or the other. They obviously both work in tandem, which I think is very typically um, overlooked where some players are viewed as the best players because it's just them. But there's a team behind them and that team is incredibly powerful for a reason. Or you have those coaches who think the players have reached this status because of me. And it couldn't be more far from the truth because we know, especially with the data, it works in tandem, which is so incredibly powerful as well. So what that really means is that the coach and the player need to work together. The coach and the player are equally as responsible for upskilling. If you are a coach with a player ranked outside the top 20, we know by the data (laughs) that you are not privy to all eight keys. We just know. And how we know is the best part, and this is, I think, the most exciting part, is because If you are a coach on the ATP or WTA tour and you have achieved Grand Slam champion success over the last 11 years, there's a very good chance we've we've had a discussion. And or you have um, shared your insights um, with this data cohort but it's all anonymous now this might disappoint i think a lot of people however i think to conduct ethical research in the best possible way we need to afford that level of anonymity which essentially ensures that if we're going to build and reveal these incredibly landmark findings it is really um, is important to have that option of um, allowing um, participants to be anonymous. And so that is why I've always stood by over the last 11 years and eight years with these releases that any player and or coach that I have spoken with over the years that their names avoid, which means they're essentially obsolete as um, they've been de-identified. We call that in, I think, scientific terms. And and that is to ensure that, I think in in layman terms, that it's secret, because they're afforded their privacy, which everyone is entitled to. Um, But also when we're looking at science and scientific rigor and different processes um, that are involved, they have obviously been employed to ensure that. And there's a lot of, I think, you know, behind the scenes work that goes into that. It's not merely a a, a phone call and me telling you, oh, hey, this is what this coach said. Absolutely not. That is not scientific. That is not a means, I think, of rigorous data processing Um, and obviously, getting I think um, to the nitty-gritty in very simplified terms. I recall though when we're looking at everything is that data comes in many shapes and forms and the extent of this with you know recall that you know we started off at 121,000 plus inferences um, and that was eight years ago and since then we've actually grown upon an additional more than 30,000 inferences which is absolutely incredibly substantial when it keeps this body of work keeps growing and growing and growing so if I wind that back how to develop a top 10 tennis ranking is saturated with data which means it's not that I'm sharing explicitly 
oh my goodness, the exhausting journey of that, it is really simplifying that for you so you understand what it really takes to develop that top 10 tennis ranking. Now, the best part here is that you could be ranked 200 in the world. Now, we've got um, specific inferences of if you are going to progress towards the top 100 or not. If you are 80 in the world, we've got specific inferences that note if you're going to progress to the top 50 or not. If you are top 20 in the world, we have specific inferences that say if you're going to progress towards the top 10 or not. We've got specific inferences, you're getting the point now, that say if you are actually a top 10 player now, we can show you how to maintain that top 10 tennis ranking or you risk being displaced, which essentially means that there are other players that are going to be better than you, who are going to trump you in a way that you're gonna lose your hold on a top 10 tennis ranking. Uh, I'm sure you can see how excited I am and enthusiastic I am, and I I can't apologize for that because this is something so incredibly profound that I have endeavored to share in the best possible way over the course of the past 11 years. But explicitly, I would say the last eight years has been since these publications had been released from my first book that obviously comprises of those first uh, 50 episodes, The Secrets to Optimal Performance Success, to even today's book, The Secrets to Optimal Coaching Success. These specific, I think, keys and elements of play all play a part, which means when we're going through, I think, segments of these books, they all play a role in developing that top 10 tennis ranking. So how to develop a top 10 tennis ranking. And for those of you who are not familiar, that is the title um, of this new book. And I think, yes, it is definitely my most clear and concise title to date, which is incredibly ironic given the underlying message um, of this new release, which is incredibly rewarding um, at the same time. So it's really paving the way, um, irrespective of what level you are at, to ascend towards a top 10 tennis ranking. And I think timing is absolutely pertinent because given the release of today's episode with Christmas just around the corner now, that also means the 2024 tennis calendar is probably roughly about 10 days away, which is absolutely astounding because we know it starts very late in December and rolls on obviously throughout January and so on. And with the Australian Open, coming our ways in January, we have specific markers here that can help you uh, progress towards your maiden championship win. Now, as someone many years ago who aspired to win that Grand Slam, Golden Slam actually, which has not actually been done, I don't believe, since Steffi Graf, which is very exciting um, when I'm talking about singles in this respect. Please correct me if I am wrong. I am not looking at a reference tool. (laughs) I'm going from recollection. But when we're looking at the 2024 Olympics next year and the comparisons here that we can actually draw, it's very rewarding. It essentially sets the pathway for what was once thought impossible to be made possible. And we even have sections that discuss that. And recall again that these are not opinions, these are not uh, subjective opinions in this respect. We are actually explicitly sharing for the very first time how. How does this happen? How does this work? What framework here is involved, which has been designed also for the very first time with specific illustrations. Now, those of you who are familiar with my um, works, they do not typically include too many illustrations. They do include, obviously, uh, graphs, chart works, etc. 
but I have made the effort um, to include a handful of really important and concise uh, blueprints, they are called, in uh, this text and they are absolutely something you want to stick on your wall, you want to put on your screensaver, your home screen, everywhere you can think of because that is what they are designed for they will show you the way and that is how exciting it is whether i'm talking to someone who is 10 11 12 years old and they've got that 20 year journey ahead of them so recall that initial 10 years of play um, that sets you up for your second decade of play so we're looking at you're finishing your first decade of play around 17 18 years of age which means you hit that second decade of play you are looking to peak now recall those peak performance cycles and so let's get to work essentially recall what a barrier breaker is crossing the threshold into the top 10 how do you do that how do you progress we've got players the likes of Tech to Alcaraz who were ranked around between 100 to 80 in the world at the beginning of a season and they finished the season inside the top 10 which is absolutely remarkable it can happen it is possible you just need the right keys in place and yes please underscore that I did try to verbally underscore score that um, though that's not saying that that is for everyone they are absolutely sensational results but you can allow that you can get that to happen for yourself if you implement these keys if you're 200 we know in the space of a season you can progress to 80 in the world if you're 80 we know within a season you can progress to let's say 25 30 in the world very steadily and streamlined so then you're the following season you are set to ascend inside the top 10 and that's the trick it's not all in one season but give me two seasons and you watch out in the best possible way but you need to integrate um, what's involved here you need to apply what's involved here and it's not just this one book um, this new release it builds upon everything that's come before it which means it's building upon the secrets to optimal performance success it's building on the secrets to optimal coaching success but both of these texts set the foundation so that is why i think nearly every episode i really do share please 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 refresh remember recall um, at least a handful of our previous episodes to get up to speed so we know because i can verbally walk you through it but come on now we're up to the second book so for you to be verbally walked through it uh, it takes time and yes we are at a 10-year pathway but I cannot promise you um, beyond top 10 tennis will be here in 10 years I mean I hope so but you never know T technology changes and times do change but my goal for you is to be able to ascend towards the top 10 irrespective of what stage you are at so if you are that 15 16 year old almost progressing towards that second decade of play if you are that 25 year old that's been hovering around 100 in the world let's break that threshold towards the top 70 towards the top 50 we can do it it is possible and the best thing is and what this book shares is that 90 2% of coaches inside the top 100 in the world do not know and that is incredible and I'll say that again 92% of elite coaches on the ATP and WTA tours do not have access to the eight key and or all eight keys it is that substantial there is a reason why only eight percent of players on average each season maintain their level of play now i cannot share that more explicitly enough if that does not blow your mind whether you're a coach a player a parent or from any other walk of life i don't know what will 
because when you are behind a groundbreaking finding of this magnitude um, that really for the very first time is being able to piece together the how it's incredibly exciting because we are also looking at technical inferences technical implications but also um, when we touched on earlier that coach athlete the dynamic there where they're both responsible and the exchange there and obviously there's a lot more involved that um a simple verbal conversation here um cannot necessarily share but it's really underlying how important um, this release is for those who want to ascend towards the top 10, whether you're ranked 20 in the world, 500 in the world, or you're at your local academy, the pathway's there for you to pick up um, at your point of inception. And the same applies if you are a top 10 tennis player. If you want to maintain your hold, and if you have not won your first Grand Slam, how? And if you have not won your second Grand Slam, how? If you have two Grand Slams to your name or more, how to keep that cycle going, um, which is incredibly exciting. So we have a lot of moving pieces here and this body of work really addresses this. And we're sharing how to not only get to a top 10 tennis ranking, but to be able to maintain that level of play. Okay, so that is a lot shared, but I did promise at the beginning of today's episode, I really would dive in and dig um, a bit deeper into this release. And I really hope, look, it's going to be available um, on AMA International, through to Amazon and other online resellers and potentially in store if you're lucky enough and our downloadable copies will be available directly from AMA International. I will leave all of the links in the bio as normal but before we get to that it's time to touch on today's topic which is public speaking and self-confidence for your sporting self and Look, we have deviated somewhat, but I really want to dive into this topic because it's so incredibly important because when we're looking at public speaking and self-confidence for your sporting self, this really, I think, tracks back to uh, a player's and or athlete's ability to have that confidence to speak with um, their coach, but also their parent and or guardian about this pathway, about where they want to go, about their progressions, their regressions, if something's working for them or if not. Look, one of our very first episodes, I believe it or not, was on fire your coach which I know it's incredibly ironic but it, it the message behind that is if you are not listened to if you do not feel heard then it's time to move on and the lesson for the coaches is please listen to your coach um, to your player sorry so you're not put in that type of position set the example we've got episodes on you know mentoring your athletes looking after them to make sure they're set up for that you know that initial 10 years of play so but public speaking and practicing it in varying shapes and forms inadvertently builds that level of confidence now for the coaches out there there are different i think um, activities that can be employed to encourage this to more normalize this especially for the athletes who are more introverted so recall in the last couple of episodes we've touched on introverts extroverts and the differences there that you will see externally but that does not mean internally that it's different i think one of my um favorite players um, at the moment who is can be classified potentially as an introvert is um, Ribikina. Now she's very mellow and does not show too many emotions externally but she has gone on to win a Grand Slam championship, make such incredible inroads and progress into the top 10 um, she is a player to be watched um, and I think it goes without saying with the one grand slam to her name and 
I would normally would not share this in advance, but she is one of the players primed to win her second Grand Slam championship in the season to come if that level of maintenance is upheld, which is incredibly exciting because she has almost, almost gotten incredibly close to repeating that level of success, which is again, incredibly exciting. Okay, before I get too carried away on different players, I think their rates of success, we do have episodes on that. I really would encourage you as always to backtrack on that. Uh, most recently, look, we've touched on the WTA finals and the players who have obviously m- made the cut in this respect and also the ATP finals and, and, you know, the players who have progressed. And we do obviously, we, we've touched on the uh, use of predictive analytics, um, the underlying, I think, um, implications when we're looking at markers of, of players who are going to ascend towards the top 10 and very I think similar I think rulers but in you know layman's terms but when we're looking at the data explicitly I think it's a little bit different um, because they're able to infer I think um, explicit outcomes whereas with predictive analytics they can showcase who's primed to ascend but when we're looking at previous data and now that is when we're able to say well this is why Barty won multiple Grand Slams this is why Swiatek has already won multiple Grand Slams this is why Djokovic continues to win Grand Slams this is why Sinner is primed and was able to beat Djokovic most recently despite Djokovic winning I think you know their second encounter in this respect so it's incredibly interesting and insightful and how to develop a top 10 headers ranking really runs home I think the underlying messages that have been shared throughout the, uh, the, you know, 10, 11 texts now to date. So to catch up uh, and really understand what's going on behind the scenes, I really want to encourage you to get your hands on, you know, the secrets to optimal performance success, the secrets to optimal coaching success, and obviously our subsequent releases because it really sets the stage for a finale of sorts which is incredibly exciting all right i think you know we started to touch on you know the public speaking very briefly and it is it's a bit of a different topic for today so i wanted to dive in share some paragraphs and additional insights and go from there all right so if you want to follow along we are on page 77 a skill that is more often than not shied away from than embraced learning to speak aloud with an audience has a positive effect on the sporting identity of any player or athlete the skill of speaking in public whereby this denotes speaking to more than one person in an open environment outside of your home safety net is just that a skill that needs to be taught learned and understood in order to comfortably and confidently speak to an audience now this really underscores what we've been talking about very briefly about how these skills can be learned in the sporting context um, but indirectly and directly um, to help a player's performance and look when we're looking at you know outside of that safety net we like to think that your sporting environment is also a safe place a one where you feel at home yourself um, at ease in in the best possible way and it really is a coach's responsibility to make sure that environment is a constant and that it is available for their players or or athletes in this respect but when we're looking at you know how do we um, teach this um, skill how it can be learned and understood how how do we um, ingrain a level of um, comfortness and to uh, feeling confident in this manner and I cannot think of any better way than a club to academy environment where it's included 
Now, one example I will share from a personal recount, um, not that this was something that was actively being taught, though when you're looking at asking questions to academy and or club players, and you know, ages from, it could be seven, eight, nine years of age, even through to 16, 17 plus years of age, there's nothing worse than being asked a question um, to, a, to the group from the coach, and someone having the, just the bravery, the courage to put their hand up and say something and then for that coach to say no that is the biggest shutdown for an adolescent teen a developing child um, irrespective for the coaches out there please don't please do not how because I have seen this happen over and over again from a coach's perspective and I and needing to uh, comfort the player the athlete afterwards irrespective of the age and how I also know this is that I was also one of those I think children one of those players out there that struggled to to put my hand up and finally I'd put my hand up and go I think I know the answer here and then for um, the coach to dismiss it in a very unpleasant way and I'm sure you can see that it's not left a very good impression in that manner so the the idea here and recall again previous episodes we want to set good foundations good impressions good points of recall when we're developing that player that athlete that child in this respect and when it comes to something such as public speaking it can be very easy for that player athlete to put their hand up and say yeah I know and say the answer and they could be wrong and that's okay but there's a way to redirect that there's a way to respond to that to use that the best part is that this this new release really centers on communication in a very indirect and direct way at times to that really i think shares um, new light on this topic because we also know the detriment it has on a player's performance which I think is very ironic because most I think you know coaches out there do not see it as a detriment but we want to really build up this confidence and public speaking even though it might not be considered um, that at the time it really is because if you are asking a question in front of your peers that is the case um, obviously giving a presentation is very different but there's nothing wrong with preparing each player and saying I'd really like you to discuss today something you're working on on your forehand or you know next week what are you working on your serve and why just to get them thinking whether it's just for one minute or 30 seconds it does not matter but you're practicing um, um, the sharing a level of comfortness that they are prepared to share amongst their peers their fellow players and athletes on their thoughts and that they know that irrespective right or wrong that they it's still a safe space and ideas are able to be shared but it's also so important for the coaches and parents or guardians to know that if a player shares something that they're working on and it happens to be incorrect that really is um, an alarm bell for you to say that whatever you've been teaching them they're obviously not understanding how you've intended for them to understand and that is again embedded in one of the seven keys which is incredibly important because it is not the athlete the player's fault that they're wrong if you're a player or athlete out there I hear you I get you I understand you it's not your fault and that is why it's so important important um, recall that triangular relationship to be able to have those conversations with your parent and your guardian and also your coach and if you cannot have those conversations well we know that there's an alternative option it is easy to overshadow the skill of public speaking in place for silence or going with the grain when it comes time to raise matters of concern or to simply share in a discussion you have a personal interest to debate in a respectful manner. However, there are adults who remain uncomfortable speaking in public and in turn this is passed on to their children. To be clear, learning to speak in public is a skill in itself and a skill that strengthens a player's or athlete's sporting identity. However, 
Public speaking is not a skill that has to be practiced religiously, rather a skill to have in your repertoire to create self-confidence. Now, this is, I think, really important because we want to touch on, we want to build that level of self-confidence. And if this, um, you have not had those role models that can share and or show you their comfort level of speaking in public, that's okay because everyone is different. And irrespective of how it's sharing that, it's not necessarily performance specific. Um, I'm going to go against with what I've said here um, in a different way. Of course, I, I support um, what this paragraph is explicitly saying, but I want to take it a little bit further because when you're looking at that elite athlete you need that public those public speaking skills to share i think you know to engage with your sponsors and your fans etc but more so it also gives you the ability to speak up for yourself we can look at it on two sides when you're on the developmental level um, so you're within that first decade of play we still want to practice public speaking so it helps with your self-confidence and what better uh, environment to practice that in than your sporting environment where you're at your most comfortable um, whether you are doing it while you are hitting a tennis ball if that makes it even more enjoyable and fun go right ahead whatever works for you work with your coach in this respect and but it's always uh, about having the confidence to speak up when it's necessary so during a, a game um, based situation you could be competing and a ball lands in and your opponent calls it out so it's having the ability to then walk up and say I'm pretty sure um, that was in and just being able to have the skills and the confidence there to speak aloud. Now, this may seem very simple for some, but trust me, it is not very simple for others. Those of you who it's simple for, well, that's great, but we really need to be mindful that everyone's different. Everyone has different strengths and weaknesses. And this is one such that can really help. And it does not mean that you are a better or worse in any way, shape or form, because we find oftentimes a player that may not be as confident in one area is more so in another. And a player who is really confident in one area is not so confident in another. And that's essentially how human nature works, which is probably ample time to just draw in, I think, the humanized approach that we are really trying to, I think, touch on with each and every episode and I think today's topic is no different because when we're looking at public speaking and self-confidence for your sporting self this of course it's cross-sectional and um, to you know each and every individual irrespective if you're that tennis player that coach that parent and or guardian irrespective you know we're all individuals and that's obviously where that humanized approach comes from if you are new or not familiar um, with this so, so when we're looking at how this transfers then in life I think public speaking is a given um, whether it is in your career your profession um, something happens that is not okay and just being able to have the confidence to say otherwise maybe you order a coffee with milk and it arrives without milk just being able to say hey can I have some milk please for example so it's very I think um, diverse in this um, or you know I want sugar it doesn't have sugar it's very simple and obviously there are countless other examples which this isn't what it's about it's about just being able to go okay I'm not okay with that I'm going to say something and for those of you this may surprise you but real life examples in a personal account I'm happy to put my hand up to say it has taken me time um, over the years to build that self-confidence myself because it is not something that was actively taught on a very different topic, I'm incredibly comfortable um, and confident in speaking to large bodies of groups, to my players, to my athletes. But on a smaller scale, um, if I need to correct something, whether it is to do with the coffee or not, um, more often than not, I prefer to let it slide. And it's something I do not want to encourage um, because if you're able to build those skills, which I am actively working on, 
it really does transfer over into your performance and by all accounts I, I do encourage the conversations and the dialogue around that and please do reach out to me if you have had similar experiences or you're very different it does not matter because again we are all human and that's obviously where that humanized approach comes in all right um, last paragraph to the coaches speaking to an audience has become second nature after all the plays the athletes you coach uh, are your audience and it is a skill set you have the capacity to pass down and onto your players and athletes to the parents this may or may not be a strength and this doesn't matter but what does matter is that the skill in itself is encouraged opposed to being shied away from if this potentially is the case for you personally and i think that really runs at home is that opposed to running away from it um run to it and i think that that really i think is what today's episode can be summed up about because whether or not we're looking at you know the self-confidence public speaking or how to develop a top 10 tennis ranking please run to it please don't run away from it there have been so many players athletes coaches out there who have had their dreams shattered because they were not able to run towards developing that top 10 tennis ranking too many people stop them along the way now i'm saying to you each and every one of you players coaches parents guardians if you want to put that work in whether it's you know the parents and the guardians with your child the coaches with your player the players athletes put in the work yourselves um, this new release is for you is to share with you that it really is possible and that's I think the most exciting part is that if you do not have um, a coach or parent guardian on your side for the players athletes out there I'm here that is what this body of work is there for the coaches if you've been questioning i think the the coach education framework that you're unsure that if it really is going to get your player to the top 10 this is for you because we've broken down how I think, ironically, a play on words here, the system really is broken universally, not just in Australia, Europe, North America, Asia, irrespective of where you are based. This is a world first. Um, universally, each respective system is broken, but this sets the foundation on how to rectify it, how to build the next generation of play, which this is essentially designed for. Um, if you are a current player, watch out because the next generation is coming, which means if you wanna keep pace with the next generation of play and maintain your hold on a top 10 tennis ranking then how to develop a top 10 tennis ranking is absolutely pivotal for you and I really want to I think end on that that I'm so excited that this book has finally arrived it's here in time for Christmas and if you want to set up a successful 2024 season this book is for you if you want to set um, your season up uh, you know to ascend whether it's towards the top 100 top 50 top 20 or if you are that top 10 tennis player and you want to end the season inside the top 10 with your maiden grand slam championship win this is for you if you want to win your maiden grand slam championship it's for you um if you want to learn um, for the coaches, what's involved in developing an elite coaching pedagogy and what that means, what that I think embodies and embraces to allow your player to progress towards the top 10, this is for you. It is an absolute, I think, um, marvel in and of itself it's astounding i'm so proud of it and i'm really looking forward to being able to share more um so i let's finish on that i mean look if you want to obviously progress towards i think that the elite echelon of play and you want to learn the, the markers that are responsible for i think progressing towards that level of play um, whether it is you know the progressions the regressions those peak performance cycles everything involved the inner workings the seven keys and now the power of the eighth key this is for you to allow you to ascend and progress towards that top 10 tennis ranking 
Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh my goodness, did it pack a punch. Look, to grab your copy of The Secrets to Optimal Coaching Success, head on over to AMA International. And this is the very first time I'm so excited to share to grab your copy of How to Develop a Top 10 Tennis Ranking. Head on over to AMA International as well and you will see the links everywhere. Not really. Like they will be in the banners and allow you to, to guide you the way. And I'm really excited, but I think for this moment that it has finally come. Um, for any comments or questions, head on over to AMA International or Topic Thread, the social platform set on data privacy. To interact with Beyond Top 10 Tennis, head on over to Twitter, Threads, LinkedIn, to Instagram. To catch up on our weekly coaching tips, head on over to TikTok. And to catch up on our blogs, head on over to AMA International and look for our blogs tab or to Medium. And as always, I'll leave all of the links in the episode notes. And for something different, head on over to Pink Octopus Books. That's where my fictional release is. Uh, to view this week's question and poll, be sure to visit Spotify if you're listening on one of the other many platforms we are available on. Um, or for something left of field, visit Spruik for some random polls. And of course, if you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, like, share, and all of the above would be absolutely phenomenal. Uh, for those of you who are interested, we do have scholarships available on AMA International, as well as options to work with me exclusively to optimize your performance to nudge you closer towards that top 10 tennis ranking. So don't be shy and come and say hi. And I'm going to underscore that if I can. I mean, I, I am virtually trying to because with the release of how to develop a top 10 tennis ranking, if you want to fast track that, especially if you are around that top 20 ranking range or you are positioned to pick and progress towards the top 10 and you are so eager to claim that Maiden Grand Slam championship, please do reach out and I can help you fast track this cycle, um, which is going to be incredibly rewarding for all because I think the work really is in the data and we are here to help. I am here to help. All right, on that note, thank you so much for listening. I'm so incredibly grateful. I'm your host, Dr. Ashley Morgan-Burge, and this is Beyond Top 10 Tennis, and I'll see you next time.